Fight Podcast, hosted by Sergio Vicente. The Fight Podcast is brought to you by Sage Eats. Sage Eats is a Chicago-based healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring company. They deliver healthy, organic, custom meals directly to your home or office. For those of you not in Chicago, Sage Eats also offers online fitness mentoring where your personal fitness mentor will send you four weeks worth of workouts that are customized to your body and your goals. Your mentor is available seven days a week to answer questions and offer support. Sign up for Sage Eats at W www.sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off your first three months. Now here's your host of the FIGHT podcast, Sergio Vicente. Yeah. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the FIGHT podcast, your weekly combat sports and culture podcast. I'm your host, Serge Vicente, and we have a great show for you guys today. Um, We're going to go ahead and break down all of the fight action. We're going to go over all of my fight picks for the weekend. Um, But before we go ahead and jump into that, remember the FIGHT podcast is brought to you guys each week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code fight for 15 percent off of your first three months remember to follow the fight podcast on all social media platforms at the fight podcast and follow me at serge vicente support the show check us out on the website thefightpodcast.com subscribe listen rate and share the fight podcast is currently on all podcasting platforms so itunes google play spotify stitcher and uh soundcloud everywhere you pretty much go ahead and jump on podcasts all right um yo we're back at it man another day happy monday to everybody um it's uh another frigid day out here in the city (laughs) no complaints though man it's still dope um I actually, uh, this weekend, a couple weeks ago, I actually uh, ordered a couple of super dope Pride, um, not that kind of Pride, Pride fight, you know, FC posters, some old school joints. Um, so we can go ahead and have up in the studio, man, especially with all of our live streaming and everything that we have coming up. Man, I wanted it to be decorated the right way. I looked at my email. Everything said it was delivered. I go outside and nothing's there. I realized they sent it to the wrong address, man. They sent it to the old address, not the new one. So I have no clue when I'm going to go ahead and get my super dope posters, man. It's some dope old school posters, man. I can't wait to show them to you guys. You guys are going to love them. But uh, yeah, man, kind of hurt my heart, bro. I kind of wanted that here. <laughs> but it's all good. You know, uh, we also have a couple other things coming. Super dope, super old school stuff, man. So we're going to keep a really dope uh old school boxing old school um mma and some old school hip-hop stuff um in the studio for you guys to check out so it's gonna be really really dope we have that coming super soon um aside from that man we had a pretty entertaining fight weekend Uh, i'm not gonna lie it wasn't as busy as the past few weekends but man it was still some good shows we had the UFC out there in Prague, the first time there in the Czech Republic. Um, never been to Prague. Heard it's beautiful um, from everything that I've seen, um, even when they're out there, man. Look, I don't know about you guys. I love traveling, right? And I love being able to see 
everything that cities and places have to offer. Um, for what I understand, Prague is one of the most beautiful places in the world. Um, old school architecture and everything. I definitely want to go. And uh, when I was watching the broadcast, it was really smooth, man. So I, I definitely have to see it. And yo, I have to say, and this is something that's not a surprise at all to me, but the production value that the UFC now has now that they are with ESPN has definitely gone through the roof, man. Salute to everybody that's involved there. Everything looks incredible. Um, even some of the stories, right, that they end up doing, the, 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 the short, you know, videos and stuff that they have about fighters that you probably wouldn't even know. They did one that really comes to mind is the one that they did the um, unfiltered or whatever the hell they call it. But it's on ESPN now. Um, And if you have the ESPN Plus app, you could actually go and check it out. But it was about Crone Gracie and Alex Caceres leading up to their fight and actually watching what how they did that. This is what I want people to do in terms of MMA. In, in just combat sports in general, yo, these dudes aren't just savages that are going out there and tearing people's heads off. It's dope to be able to see people actually going out here and showing and humanizing these athletes. I love that. I really do. And it shows them what, they, what they're doing. I mean, look, man, that fight was against a vegan and a pescatarian, right? <laughs> That's something that people honestly wouldn't even know or care about, but... These are the type of things that help you make these fighters become that much more relatable. The more they become relatable, the bigger our sport gets. So the fact that they're with ESPN and they're growing and they're doing their thing, and not to mention one is going to be over there with TNT. You have um, uh, DAZN and Bellator and everything they're doing with matchroom boxing, top rank with ESPN. Everybody is really starting to do a great job of actually telling these athletes stories. And that's honestly what I do when I'm over here trying to do. We, we do interviews and such. And this week we have a couple more fire interviews coming back for you guys. Um, but look, with all that being said, let's go ahead and jump into um, just start off kind of breaking down these cards again. We're going to start off with the ESPN UFC card that was uh, in Prague. And yo, headlined by Jan Blakovic versus Tiago Santos. Now, like I told you guys, Tiago Santos, ever since he has moved up to 100, uh, or should I say 205 from buck 85, he has been on another level. He's been on a tear, knocking fools dead left and right. And um, man, this fight in Prague, where obviously Jan Blakovic had the, the crowd support. As soon as you went out there, I mean, they and honestly, they even had the stars in house. You had um, Joanna and Jacek holding it down right there. The the old school, not the old school, the uh, the Polish champion, um, the former Polish champion, the former former champion at 115 pounds. She recently just lost her title bid at 125 pounds. Doesn't take anything away from her. That's still Joanna champion. She's still a beast. Um, you had Ozdemir there. You know, no time Ozdemir was down there. So they had the star power for the UFC out there 
supporting the show, man. So it was really, really dope. Um, this, again, was between Jan Blakovic, who is the number four ranked 205 pounder in the world, versus the number six ranked Thiago Santos. Now, 205 pounds for the last two years has been pretty shitty, to be real honest with you guys. And if you think about it, that was the glory division in the UFC. You, you go back to Tito Ortiz and Chuck Liddell. You go to Rampage Jackson. You go to Rashad Evans. You know, I'm saying Forrest Griffin. All of these guys leading all the way. Shogun Hua, Leota Machida, leading all the way up to John Jones. This was the division that everybody was saying this was the best division in the UFC for the longest time. For the longest time. But what's happened to it? With John Jones and Daniel Cormier pretty much cleaning out the division, there doesn't seem to be as many quality 205-pounders out there. The division has been pretty dead. The fact that you have some Shogun who ranked in the top six over the last year and a half has been weird. So the fact that now we have Jan Blakovic, Tiago Santos, Anthony Smith, somebody else that we're going to go ahead and discuss very soon. You have these guys out there. It feels like there's becoming a resurgence in that division, in that weight class. And now that John Jones is thoroughly back at the helm, the champion holding it down in that weight class. You have to sit there and say, okay, look, man. They're new competitors. There's fresh blood out there. And now we can say that there's excitement again. There can legitimately be excitement once again um, in that division. But let's go ahead and see what happened this fight. This fight started off and Tiago Santos is somebody whom, again, I, I picked to win this fight. But he's somebody who starts off aggressively. The way he goes out there and just throws those things from the beginning of the fight you should always be worried about it. You should always be worried about somebody who doesn't mind throwing himself into danger like Tiago Santos does. Something else about Tiago Santos being just a huge man in his own right. Dude's, dude's diesel. Buddy looks like a tatted up action figure. He has Thor's hammer tatted on his chest. And look, if you guys haven't seen him, this is not a little like, I got this little hammer like tatted on my chest. Nah, fam. He has a legit sledgehammer tatted on his chest. I'm talking about from collarbone to collarbone, all the way down the belly button, man. This dude got this huge tat on his chest. And you know what? He hits like it too, man. Uh, Jan Blakovich, somebody who is very, very well versed on the ground, super technically sound and tough as nails, man. So, Everybody thought this was going to be a this was a pick em fight. Nobody really knew who was going to win. So it starts off. And again, we anticipate Tiago Santos to go out there and actually keep the pace. And he did something that I think a lot of people didn't actually see coming. Yo, buddy was patient. He was patient and he was calculated. And you can see this is what happens now that he's actually moved up and took taken that step up in competition. So he seemed like he was very, very calculated, very measured in this match, which seemed to kind of throw Jan Blakovic off. Let's go ahead and jump into the numbers. Total strikes landed in this fight. 
Jan Blakovic landed 20 out of 53 shots when Thiago Santos landed 52 out of 104. Significant strikes, Jan Blakovic, 20 out of 53 for 38%. So look, all of his shots were significant strikes. No jabs, wasn't even playing. And that's the funny thing about this fight is that Jan Blakovic also has an incredible jab. That's what he's known for. So the fact that we actually didn't see him utilize that jab against such a dangerous opponent kind of had me watching the fight and saying, oh, I don't know, man. I don't know what's about to happen. So the fight goes ahead and moves on. The first round absolutely was a feeling out process. Second round, again, they picked up the pace. Seemed like Jan started almost finding his range a little bit. Did land a couple, but not too many jabs, right? At this time, Tiago Santos was actually doing a far better job moving around throwing leg kicks, and again, he was even using his capoeira background a little bit, yes, this ginormous individual, what, 6'2", probably walks around everywhere between 215 and 220, was out here throwing capoeira kicks, bro, looking like Eddie Gordo over in Tekken, bro, just chucking kicks everywhere, it was ridiculous, dude is a beast, man, but he was going out there, and it did seem like a very evenly matched fight, third round comes out, and then something happened that, I mean, honestly, I didn't even anticipate, all of us, and I'm not gonna say all of us, the commentators continued talking about how they believed Tiago Santos was gonna go ahead and get frustrated, he was gonna go ahead and get impatient, and charge young Blokovic, that's not what happened. Actually, the shoe was on the other foot. Tiago Santos was so patient that Jan decided to go ahead and take the move. Just charge forward throwing shots. What happened? He got countered something fierce. Tiago Santos backing up, goes ahead and actually throws a check left hook. I'm sorry, throws a check right hook that landed. And then out of nowhere, fires a left hand. Boom! Young Blakovich's head clicks back. He drops. And then Tiago Santos looked like he took that hammer directly off of his chest and started landing. I, I, I counted 22 unanswered strikes before the fight was stopped with strictly hammer punches. Just bang, 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 bang. Beat dude to death, man. Um... The, the that's when the stop ended up coming to the fight uh the stop and it was a ko 40 seconds into the very third round like i said it was right in the beginning of the third round man great win for tiago santos um look no shame in that from jan blakovic no takedowns like i said landed um strikes by um by uh position where they were landed one thing that i really noticed about tiago santos and i think this is going to make him dangerous fighting some of the top guys in the division is where his strikes land. He's not just a headhunter. He really distributes his strikes extremely well. Listen to this. 40% of his strikes were to the head. 50% of his strikes were to the, to, for, to the legs. And 10% and were to the body. Very, very well distributed throughout. When in turn, you look at young Blakovic, 35 to the head, 30 to the body, 30 to the legs. Not as much, I mean, but still well distributed, but not as great as Tiago Santos. You can tell it was just part of his game plan. Mix it up, mix it up, mix it up until that opening finally gets there. 
Great win by him, man. I was really, really impressed by Buddy. And again, it was a fun fight to watch. Um, now, what happens next for both of these men? But predominantly, I'm thinking about Thiago Santos, right? Well, we look at the division. We look at the weight class. What's going to happen after the fight, they went ahead and asked Tiago Santos, and, you know, what did he say in his post-fight shout-out after his knockout? He said he wants a title shot. And he said, look, if it's Anthony Smith, I'll beat him again. Let's not forget Anthony Smith, who is currently fighting for the 205-pound title against John Jones earlier last year at 185 pounds, middleweight fought Tiago Santos it was a barn burner. They were both throwing them things, but he ended up getting knocked out. So he says he'll beat him again. But then he also says, if it's John Jones, I'll beat him too. Okay. All right. I feel you. I love the confidence in you. But check it out. He wasn't the only person, John and, and Anthony Smith, who are going to go ahead and fight this upcoming weekend. We'll break that down, obviously, later on this week. So stay tuned to the Fight Podcast. But when you actually think about it, who else in that vision makes sense? You can say the Corey Andersons of the world. You can say, there's so many guys you can say, oh, we can have him, we can have him. But out of nowhere, recently about to move up to 205 pounds, the former middleweight champion, Luke Rockhold, said, ha, sloppy Santos, ha, easy money. I would like to see that fight. I legitimately would like to see that fight. Great call out by Luke Rockhold. Throwing your name in the hat, making sure that you're relevant. Not many people do that enough. And when people do also do that, when they go out there and they throw their names in the hat and they call people out, some of them it doesn't make sense. I like Conor McGregor calling out um, Anderson Silva. I want to fight you, fam. That's not going to happen. You're like three-way classes apart. Come on, let's be realistic. Dudes who are rated like top 15 or, or beyond calling out champions. Bro, that's not going to happen. Don't call them out. But somebody like Luke Rockhold moving up into division, fighting, trying to fight somebody who is now going to be ranked in the top five. Kudos to you, sir. Dope call out. Somebody with momentum, and if Luke ends up beating him, easily say, hey, this is the number four ranked dude. I just put the thumpers on him. Give me John or Anthony Smith. That's how you do it, man. So great call out by Luke Rockhold. Um, all in all, again, man, great fight. Um, Jan Blakovic, look, it's a little bit of a setback, but is it that big of a deal? No, not really. So... Again, um, I cannot wait to see what goes happen next with these guys. All right. Uh, Co-main event. Co-main event was Stefan the Skyscraper Struve. Whoa, I said that totally messed up. Stefan the Skyscraper Struve. He's called the Skyscraper because Buddy's every bit of seven feet tall. Fighting Pedrazo Marcus Hegerio de, de Lima. Uh, Marcos de Lima, like I told you guys before, is a kickboxer by heart. He knocks people completely dead if he gets a chance. Big, heavy-handed, um, heavyweight. Somebody who obviously always has, you know, the finish in mind. Stefan Struve is somebody who, again, I said I believed is 
more well-rounded. That's why I believed he was actually going to win this fight. And I'm be honest with you guys, the first moments of this fight, I was like, yo, I'm so wrong. Less than 10 seconds into the very first round, Hargerio de Lima goes ahead and lands a nasty right hook. Boom! Timber down goes Stefan Struve. The majority of the first round is right there. Just on the ground, um, Stefan Struve was using his length, tying up de Lima, making sure that he wasn't actually absorbing any big strikes, right? Something that, again, once he was on the ground, I was thinking about a lot of the fights that we've seen him in the past. People grounding upon him, beating him, and I was like, dang, man, maybe Stefan Struve has just been out too long, man. Maybe all of his health issues that he's had in his career have finally caught up to him. And you know what? This is sad to see somebody else who has always had so much talent. Because don't get it twisted. Stefan Struve is head of, has always had a lot of talent. He's actually one of the only people and the first person to beat the former UFC heavyweight champion, Stipe Miocic, and he finished him via strikes. Yo, he knocked Buddy out. He knocked out the former champion. So that shows you how dangerous he is. And not only is he super dangerous, he can do a lot else. So when he, when I saw him on the ground, I was like, yo, this, he just, he just might be past his time. Second round comes up. And um, out of nowhere, Stefan Drew does an incredible job pulling the lima to the ground. And realistically, man, in a matter of minutes, he does his thing and finishes via submission choke um, and submits Marcos Rogério de Lima um, in the second round. Congratulations, Seth Ruf. So check these numbers out real quick. De Lima landed 68 out of 79 strikes in two rounds. Yo, he was throwing them things. He landed 86%. Stefan Shrew only landed two out of seven strikes and got a submission win. People, if that doesn't tell you how important grappling is, I don't know what to tell you. I don't, man. My man only landed two shots and he actually took a beating and still won? I think that says a lot. And it also says a lot about Stefan Struve, his determination, his grit. Super happy for that dude, man. But here's the thing. Stefan Struve goes ahead and um, and stands up after the fight. Um, he's getting his accolades. Everyone's cheering for him. And um, Stefan Struve went ahead and takes his gloves off, leaves him in the middle of the cage, and he appears to finally be calling it a career. Again, for those of us who do not know, Stefan Struve is somebody who's had some irregular heart issues that stopped his career a couple of years ago. He has battled back from those issues injuries and was looking like he was trying to make a push again it seems like it's been a little bit too much and it seems like he is calling it a career something i want to say about stefan shroof he has 13 finishes via submission in the ufc that is second most all time that's incredible and this is somebody who is a seven foot striker a kickboxer he's a dutch guy so everyone expected him to be a kickboxer using utilizing, utilizing his length. Congratulations to Stefan Struve in an incredible career. And this is actually what he had to say post-fight. A lot, of course, you know. 
Let's see, pull that up one more time. About it a lot. Of course, you know, I first started thinking about retiring when the, the situation with the heart came came up, and um, but I didn't want to at that point. I really didn't want to, although. Um, it, of course, it, it was an option, for, of course, especially in the very beginning when we didn't know exactly what was going on. Um, then uh, I, I made my comeback and got on a streak again, fought Alexander Volkov in, um, in Rotterdam, and um, Stipe was the champ at that point, you know, so, and I'm one of the few guys who's got a, a great win over him. And um, my thoughts were, if, if I knock him out too in Rotterdam, then... Maybe the shot comes, you know. I always wanted to fight for the UFC title. And before I, I signed with the UFC, I believed I was going to be a champion. Unfortunately, I didn't get to do that. But I had a great career anyway. So only only happiness. Yeah, I, I thought. So it is only happiness, man. And I'm be honest with you. He has a lot to be happy about and be proud of, man. Um, Stefan Struve. Incredible career, man. Salute to him. Really, really happy for him and everything that he has to do in the remainder of his uh, his life, man. Because he's a young dude, um, so I'm sure the sky's the limit for him. All right, uh, moving on. Um, real quick, um, uh, Gian Vellante went ahead and actually fought also uh, Michael um, Aleskiju. Ugh, I butchered that. Michael Michael, uh, the Lord, <laughs> that's his nickname. Um, look, I picked the Lord to win, and uh, the Lord actually went ahead. Uh, first round ended up um, stopping uh, Gian Vellante via um, body shot. Man, landed one of the nastiest body shots you will see. Um, and unfortunately, Gian Vellante uh, takes the L on this one. Good fight for both men, man, but. Um, Mikhail, uh, the Lord himself, went out there and did his thing, man. So great win for him. Uh, Liz Carmouche, um, the the former title challenger, uh, goes out there and wins a great decision um, against uh, Lucy Padova. And uh, that was a, a entertaining fight. And the other one that I want to talk about, actually two more I want to talk about on this card. We had John Dotson, the magic man. Fighting against Peter Yan. Peter Yan is ranked number 14, but again, somebody who is extremely, extremely well praised. And um, I actually had Peter Yan winning this fight. John Dotson, former title challenger at 125 pounds, um, moved up to a buck 35, hasn't had the same type of success, but he's still ranked number nine in the world. Goes out there and loses a tough decision to Peter Yan. I absolutely had Peter Yan winning. Great fight for him. Um, obviously he's going to be in the top 10 now. Um, and again, man, that 135 pound division is getting interesting. You got the, the, the uncertainty of what's going on with TJ Dillashaw. Um, we don't know if he's going to fight Henry Cejudo next or fight Marlon Marias. So we don't know what's going on there. Um, we also have Aljamain Sterling out there doing his thing. Still have Jimmy Rivera in the top 10. Um, there are so many guys um, that are vying for that top spot. But honestly, Peter Yan is right there. Super dope. Super exciting guy, man. Um, last one I want to go ahead and talk about was uh, Dwight Grant. Dwight Grant is somebody who was on the Dana White Contender Series. Really, really dope. Really athletic dude at 120 or 170 pounds. He's a welterweight. He went out at, check this out. Five minutes 
every last moment of the very first round. It looked like it was an entertaining fight going, might possibly going back and forth against Carlo Pedrosi. Carlo Pedrosi goes ahead and tries to throw a head kick. The moment he throws a head kick, Darren Dwight Grant blasts him with the right hand, bro. It was some fight night looking uh, knockout. Buddy's mouthpiece flies fire that I've ever seen. Um, walk off pretty much knockout for uh, Dwight Grant. Great win for him. Um, I'm sure he'll end up getting somebody in the top 15 uh, next time out, man. Yo, all in all, great show in um, in Prague. UFC, I'm telling you, man, I know all of last year I was ripping the UFC. Terrible cards left and right. Nothing was interesting. All the divisions are messed up. And it seems like ever since they have been with ESPN, there is a more thought out plan. It seems like all the pay-per-views are stacked. They have less events and that the events that they do have are entertaining Congrats for them, man. Another amazing card. Another successful, successful card for them. All right. Um, go ahead to Bellator. Bellator 217 was in the three arena in Dublin, Ireland. Um, we, we forget this is actually where uh, Conor McGregor sold out one of his first big fights. That was against Diego Brandau. And he ended up finishing him in the first round with some snazzy striking, man. So this was Bellator's version of this. The rest of the fight card, I'm going to be very honest with you. It's not worth talking about. Bellator, two weekends in a row. I'm not pleased. They have enough talent to have stacked cards as well. I don't know what's going on over there. Scott Coker, bruh. We got to do something better, man. We got we got to do better. But I'm not going to take away from James Gallagher. James Gallagher, the SBG Ireland standout, Conor McGregor's protege, a lot of people say, um, is a submission master, man. He's 8-1. He is coming off of his loss to my guy who was formerly on the Fight Podcast, Ricky Bandejas. And actually, we're probably going to have Ricky back on the show again sometime soon. But uh, Ricky Bandejas went ahead and hit James Gallagher with the young sweet chin music, a la Shawn Michaels, and um, went ahead and actually knocked Buddy out in the first round of their contest. This was his first fight back. And I'm be honest with you, man, James Gallagher did not disappoint. Goes out from the very beginning. He's fighting Stephen Graham. Stephen Graham, tough guy. He was 6-3. and three. Good stand-up. Just a good overall well-rounded guy. James Gallagher made him look like a bum. Beat him up in the striking in the first moments of the very first round. Quickly gets his opponents back. Chokes him out with a rear naked choke. Great win for James Gallagher. In front of his hometown crowd, he gets the accolades and everything. And again, Bellator. You got one. James Gallagher is annoying and as obnoxious as he may be at times. Because at times he does seem like all he's trying to do is emulate McGregor. And it doesn't seem like at times, and that's been my biggest beef with them. Family, stop being trying to be McGregor. Be your own guy. But it seems like that is the bravado that he actually also has. A couple things that are super cringeworthy when you actually watch. He does the same mannerisms as Connor. He tries to puff his chest out and like show that he's the alpha when he's out there. 
But look, man, different strokes for different folks. If that works for you, do your thing. And that's what he's doing when he was out there. He postures, he does a lot of different things. But after that loss, it seemed like he wasn't as outspoken. He was a little bit more reserved this time out. And he looked good, man. He looked good. He beat the guy that he was supposed to beat. And like I said, Bellator, this is a potential superstar. Somebody, the Irish fans, we figured this out already. The Irish fans, yo, you guys travel. You support your own. The Irish support their own like the Brazilians support their own. Maybe even more so. And they travel. So do the British. Some Those European fans do that, especially the Irish, the British. They really do. They really support their fighters. They love combat sports. The boxing world up there. Blah, they're, they're, they, they love it. I need to go to London to watch a fight because I need to feel that in the arena. When I was talking to um, Ak Reyes, who is the um, one of the, the best um, media personalities out of the uh, zone, he is the uh, one of the co-hosts of the Sweet Scientists. Um, they're on um, on satellite radio, but they're also on the zone. He was on the show not too long ago, and he was talking about the energy in London in the room and how all the the fight fans are educated in the fights. I need to be around that, man. So eventually I'll be able to get out there. So everybody who listens from London, I appreciate you guys. And from the UK in general, I'm not trying to knock anybody or leave anybody out. You guys are phenomenal fans. You guys support your own. And I appreciate you. And that is why James Gallagher, again, Bellator, you guys have one. This is a star. Give him a couple more fights like a Stephen Graham. Let him get from 8-1. Let him get to 11-1. 12 and 1 and then let's go ahead and start fighting those real guys again ricky was too much too soon we know that now don't give him juan archuleta don't give him these guys yet but eventually he will be able to compete for that and again you guys have a star bellator does an incredible job of getting and i I feel like i've talked about this for the last couple weeks think about who they have James Gallagher, Aaron Pico, Valerie Lareda, I mean, Ricky Bandejas. These are people that they have brought along themselves. And let me remind you guys about this. Scott Coker, the president of Bellator. This is not the first time that he has done this. He did this with Strike Force. Let me name to you some of the people that have come from Strikeforce that he found and he was one who I put out there. Tyron Woodley, Luke Rockhold, Daniel Cormier, Jacare Souza. Do you want me to keep going? He has founded some of the best of the best out there. He is a he's great at locating and identifying talent. And he does an even better job of bringing them along. Bellator, I'm telling you guys, the UFC did the best thing they possibly could of aligning with ESPN. They're going to have all the eyeballs. But Bellator, man, the next two, three years, they might have the majority of the talent. I'm going to be honest with you. I cannot wait to see what's going to happen with that. All right. Um... Continue moving right along, man. And before we go ahead and get into it, remember the Fight Podcast is brought to you each week by Sage Eats. 
Sage Eats offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 15% off your first three months. Remember to follow the Fight Podcast on all social media platforms at the Fight Podcast and follow your boy at Serge Vicente. Support the show. Check me out on the website, thefightpodcast.com. Um, and uh, yo, we're back at it. So last thing I'm really going to go ahead and talk about today in terms of fights. Man, we got to go ahead and talk about the uh, boxing match that happened this weekend. Um, there was a couple of them, but the ones I really want to go ahead and focus on are James DeGal um, versus Chris Eubanks. So James DeGal, who was 25 and two versus um, Chris Eubanks, 27 and two. Um, this was supposed to be a grudge match. And the grudge match that, yo, British fans, <laughs> the gr- this was more so of a grudge match that I believe we deserved. It was a far more entertaining fight. When I say entertaining, I'm throwing up air quotes because you guys deserve so much better after that Paul Daly and um, and uh, Michael Venom Page fight because that fight was pure doo doo. Um, I, I said it once. I'll say it again. It might have been the worst I've, the, the worst fight I have seen in MMA history, um, minus that Derek Lewis and um, Junior Dos Santos fight. I'm be honest with you, it was pure doo doo, and um, this fight was a little bit better. James DeGaul goes out there and loses um, in a decision to Chris Eubanks. Um, honestly, I'm going to be honest with you, man. Chris Eubanks erased any doubts in my mind whether he can beat elite super middleweight competition by scoring his unanimous decision win over James DeGaul this past Saturday. They were at the O2 Arena in New Greenwich. Um, again, now Chris Eubanks is 28-2 with 21 KOs. He delivered, again, I would say his most convincing, his finest display that I've ever seen. And I think anybody's ever seen uh, against his, his, his English rival, DeGaulle. DeGaulle talked a lot of trash, talked about how after this fight, if he went ahead and lost, he, he can't beat Chris Eubank, he should retire. Uh, bro, I hope you, hope you, I wonder if he's going to keep that same energy. We'll find out. But, um... He ended up winning this fight on the scorecards 115-112-115-112-117-109. I actually had it closer to the 117-109. I totally believe that Chris Eubank blanked him. And it seemed like the game plan for Chris, or should I say James Gal was to smother um, Chris Eubank's power. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. It seemed like Chris Eubanks' power was a constant cause for concern for DeGaulle, who was knocked down in the second and the tenth rounds. Um, there was a couple bright spots, or there was a couple big action pieces, but something that I think that they did not expect to happen was Chris Eubanks staying as patient, very similarly to the way that I was talking about um. Uh, the, the MMA fighters earlier, it was that um, we expect some of these individuals to come out and actually be overly aggressive and overshoot their shots, right? Especially, and something that Chris Eubanks actually didn't do that. I'm not saying it was his finest performance. Well, I am. I think it is his best performance, but I'm not saying it was the best boxing performance. 
But one thing that he did very well, and again, this is the first time I think a lot of us have to take into account. This is the first time that Chris Eubanks actually had a legitimate trainer training him. Somebody that was forcing him to listen to them, keep to a game plan. And if he does this and he continues to do this, I would like to see him with a rematch with the Billy Joe Saunders and see how he does in that. Because again, James Gallows is a very, very slick and creative fighter. He's won a gold medal. He is, he's won titles. He has done almost everything that you can do in the sport. And Chris Eubanks, again, did a phenomenal job of staying composed, not letting his emotions get in the best of him, and making sure that he was landing straight shots. I've never seen his right hand come out that clean. He wasn't thrown. He had his moments of reckless abandon, but it wasn't like we've seen him of old. He didn't get himself, he didn't get outside of himself, and I think that's something that the gal didn't anticipate. All in all, like I was saying, man, I thought this was a really, really entertaining fight for um, Chris Eubank. I think it was a great win for Chris Eubank, and it puts him right back into the top of that super middleweight division. Um, Again, Billy Joe Saunders is somebody that comes to mind who I would like like to watch him compete against again, but I'll break this down further with our boy. Brandon Camille later on this week. So keep your eyes and ears open for that. That'll probably be out Thursday night. So Friday morning, you guys will see that. And I'll break that fight down a little bit more. Um, But again, great win by Chris Eubank, man. Again, I think he proved a lot of doubters wrong. And more importantly, this. If after this performance, you still think Chris Eubanks isn't competing, man. Yo, I'll be honest with you. I I think you got to take your bias. I think what he's doing, if he continues to develop with the type of trainers that he currently has, he has all the physical ability. If they can fix what he's going on between his ears and keep him to a game plan, he has scary power and physicality, which is going to be trouble for anybody, man. All right. All right. Um, All right. So this weekend, who who were the winners and losers of this weekend well first and foremost i got to talk about the guy who i just talked about chris eubank chris eubank going out there and beating a james the gal somebody who a lot of us counted him out for he was the underdog a big underdog at that he went out and actually fought somebody he was such a big underdog the fact that his daddy his own daddy went out there and said look i don't think he he might not be able to win this for him to prove the doubters wrong, for him to prove his pops wrong, for him to go ahead and actually beat somebody who the, the, the pundits and everybody said they didn't believe he could actually do, you got to give that man love. So salute Chris Eubanks. He's definitely one of the people that um, has to move up in the game plan. Who, who's a winner of the weekend? Um, and for the MMA card man, um, Tiago Santos. Tiago Santos moves himself closer to a title shot. He makes himself relevant in that weight class. He's beaten the guy who's about to fight the guy. So he can literally say, look, man, I belong there. So I appreciate that, man. So all in all, um, big win again um, for uh, Tiago Santos. And again, losers of the weekend. I'd hate to say it, man, and I hate to sound like this. Bellator. What are you doing? Stop putting together these crappy cards. 
This card was total trash. Look at that. I'm just going to go through the, the names. Again, we had the James Gallagher, Stephen Graham fight. But after that, who are the rest of these people? And if you look at their records, you have somebody fighting on a, a main card that's record is three, three and one. What? Somebody fighting on the main card record is three and four. Somebody fighting on the main card for the main event whose record is four, six and four. There's nobody here that are top quality fighters that anybody wants to see. Bellator, I sing your praises consistently. What the fuck are you doing? What are you doing? Stop putting this crap out here. And this is how you fix it. I know, I'm sure they get great ratings with their Friday night and their Saturday night cards. I get it. I do understand it. But you're spreading yourselves too thin. You're spreading yourselves too thin and then you and where you could be stacking these cards. Every one of these cards could be fire. And then you put these scrubs on the undercard. And as as they win, as, as they move forward, you give them more love. And then that's how you develop names and shit like that, man. But it's not happening. Bellator, Scott Coker in particular, I expect better. I just got done saying how in the next couple of years you guys have more might have more talent. But it's not going to come to fruition if you keep putting these doo-doo cards out there. That's two weeks in a row. Three cards in a row that were complete shit. Get it together. Um, and, and again, man, it, it's it's nothing against them. I just expect. I expect. That organization to put out better quality cards. Um, one uh, also had a great card this weekend. Um, and I got to send a, sh- a, a shout out to Anthony and Jikawani, One of my favorites, man. Um, that dude is a complete monster. All right. Yo. With that being said, man, I think we've uh, pretty much got a hold of everything that we needed to for today. Um, that is the fight recap for the weekend. This weekend was super dope. Yo, uh, next episode, keep your eyes and ears open. We will be doing your turn to talk. I've been asking a couple questions. I want to see what is going on, how you guys feel about the fight world. So go on our IG. I ask you guys questions, your turn to talk. You respond. I will answer them right here on the fight podcast. With that being said, man, thank you guys so much for listening. This is episode 86 of the fight podcast i'm your host serge vicente um and again like i said we'll be back very very soon with all this week's fight news um we will also break down this weekend's big fight cards i'll be back to break down all the boxing fight news of the week with brandon camille as well as we have some more special guests coming on this week. Um, remember to follow the Fight Podcast on all social media platforms at the Fight Podcast. Follow me at Serge Vicente. Remember, the Fight Podcast is brought to you each week by Sage Eats. Um, follow Sage Eats at www.sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 15% of your first three months. Thank you guys so much again for listening. I'm your host of the Fight Podcast, Serge Vicente. This is episode 86. Yo, you guys have an incredible week. Have a happy Monday. And I will see you guys right here next time on the Fight Podcast. Peace out, the good people.